Today I'd like for us to focus on our common spiritual identity and how we express that identity as a family of God. Our text today comes from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome, the 8th chapter. I'll be reading verses 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. My dad, also named Bob Lee, is 75 years old, and like many children of his day, he was born while his father was away fighting in World War II. When my dad reached the age of 62, he had decided that he had worked long enough He started working at the age of 10, 11 I think, in the family hardware store. So he figured he had paid his dues. In his retirement years, he has remodeled the kitchen, backsplash and all, worked on lots of other stuff around the house, got back into building and flying radio-controlled airplanes, and he loves playing Sudoku on his iPad. He and my stepmother always end their day with the three favorite people, Pat Sajak, Vanna White, and Alex Trebek. Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy for those of you who may not be among the enlightened. But there's one thing that my dad has enjoyed doing most in his retirement years, Ancestry.com. He spends hours literally hours, doing genealogy research and has cataloged over 5,000 unique names on his, our family tree on ancestry. Because of his health of late, he's not able to fly his planes and do much around the house like remodeling kitchens anymore, but his work on the family tree sure has been good for him. He recently participated with some other extended family members to do an extensive project on our family tree. And it's chronicled in this big book that I'm holding for you right here. We have our own little section in this larger family tree book. It's focused on my great-grandmother's side of the family. He ordered a copy of this book for us for Christmas, and perhaps providentially, it just showed up this past week. As I read through the Lee family section in the family tree, I was reminded that my Aunt Linda, my dad's younger sister, his only sibling, 
was adopted. She has a branch on the family tree just like everyone else. So I reached out to Aunt Linda, who now lives in North Carolina, and I asked her if she would be willing to share a brief testimony with me that I might share with you all today, and she graciously said yes. She writes, I can speak now of how marvelous it was for Grandmom and Grandpa Lee, my grandparents, because I have an appreciation as a Christian of how God works, how He put it in my biological mother's heart to give me to a two-parent home with all kinds of possibilities for good living conditions. My birth mother already had three children and was living with her mother, and back then they did not have the means to provide for me. My adoptive parents took me in to complete their family of three and desired to provide for me all the love and care they could possibly give me in their home. I use my maiden name, Lee, as my middle name. I am forever a Lee. They gave me the same rights and privileges of their natural-born son, my dad. Unfortunately, as a young woman, I gave them much heartache, even though they never treated me any different than my brother. It took me becoming a born-again Christian for me to fully appreciate the beauty of adoption. Thanks, Aunt Linda. As Christians, we all have an adoption story. In the book of Romans, there are six occurrences within three verses where we find the word sonship or adoption, mutually translated. There is another in Galatians and one in Ephesians. In today's lesson, the Christian life is equated to being adopted into God's family. When we receive the Spirit of Christ, we become, says the Bible, children of God. As God's children, we have all the rights and privileges thereof. We are indwelt with the power of the Holy Spirit. We are heirs of the past, present, and future promises of God. We are fellow heirs with the Messiah. Literally, Christ is our brother. And we are fellow heirs with Him. We share in the bringing of the redemption to the world that so desperately needs to hear the redemption story. We acknowledge that the path to glory does include the road of suffering. And we also have the gift of a common way of talking with our God as Abba Father. Abba, the Aramaic term, literally translated as Daddy that Jesus used in His prayer life. It's said that Romans is the most theological of the Apostle Paul's writings. And he writes to the Christians in Rome and he tells them that he longs to be with them. Perhaps someday he will be with them. He had a vision of going to Spain. And this gospel that he speaks of talks of the righteousness that God desires for all people, Jew and Gentile. This righteousness is available through faith in Jesus Christ who made it available through His atoning death on the cross. And all this comes to us by God's grace, a gift that is freely given and simply needs to be received. Paul writes that this new gift in Christ should lead to a life of holiness and sanctification. And he speaks about this new Spirit-led life in chapters 6 through 8 of the book of Romans. He talks about the former life that was centered on the flesh or self. God was not first priority, but rather the self. But when Christ died on the cross, He stood in our place and paid our sin debt. 
The hymn writer expresses it this way, Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He'd washed it white as snow. As some of you learned in your Bible studies this morning, something powerful happens because of the Spirit when we all get together. The lesson writer, Dr. John W. Kinney, from the School of Theology at the Virginia Union University, happens, he says that Pentecost happens and it recalls and reaffirms the moment recorded in the second chapter of the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles and the followers of Jesus in a powerful manner. And following this experience, the church incubated in Christ bursts into full life. He continues, on the day of Pentecost, in obedience to Christ, the emerging church was positioned for the receptivity of the power that had been disrupted by sin and supernaturally restored, and the experience of the Spirit would empower them to go throughout the world. And he goes on, while we may debate particular manifestations and interpretations of the Holy Spirit, we should all celebrate Pentecost and affirm our roots and identity in the power of the Holy Spirit, providing a window to our history and our hope. Pentecost recovers the design of creation and reveals the ultimate fulfillment in creation. We share this heritage. We share this spiritual identity. James Bryan Smith, the writer, says we are grafted into Jesus' story and that we are unified by this this story. And it includes the story of His death, His resurrection, His ascension, and His coming return. We are members of Christ's family. And we've been adopted into the larger family of God. And this story should lead us into a change of behavior. It creates a new identity for each of us which leads to new practices. Jesus' story becomes my story, your story, our story. And we seek to express that spiritual identity, that story. And I believe that it is best expressed when we all get together as family. There are a few ways that this is manifest as as we become family. That we are gracefully members of God's family. By grace, we can be called members of God's family. We are called to a new way of life, a new way of living. Paul describes this later in Romans 12. Listen, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with each other. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then your lesson continued. Dr. Kenny says, being one does not mean that we're the same. Oneness affirms the differences that are building blocks of community and that the engagement of our particularities does not violate our community. 
No two leopards have the same spots. No two zebras have the same stripes. No two leaves have the same vein pattern. No two snowflakes have the same design. No two flowers have the exact same color. And no two human beings share the same DNA markers. Look at God. Yet with all the differences, there is one God One God who is in all and has formed us to be one with the Creator, with each other, and all of creation. Recognizing the shared dignity and promises in our difference, Pentecost compels us to rise beyond the barriers that separate us to construct pathways of connectivity. This gives us and the world a glimpse of the coming glory of the Lord. So we are gracefully members of of God's family, and here at HRBC, we are distinctively Baptist. Distinctively a Baptist family. We are part of the Baptist denominational networks. Locally, the River City Faith Network of the Richmond Baptist Association. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship of Virginia. The Baptist General Association of Virginia. The Women's Missionary Union, locally and statewide. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, nationally. And internationally, the Baptist World Alliance. Just some of the Baptist partners that we affiliate with. And as a Baptist family, we value and cherish many Baptist principles. And I'll share four of them with you. If you want to jot them down in the bottom of your summer notes, feel free. As a Baptist family, we cherish Bible freedom. Soul freedom, church freedom, religious freedom. Bible freedom means that the Bible under the Lordship of Jesus Christ must be central to the life and, uh, of the individual and to the church. That Christians are free and obligated to study and obey the Scriptures. Soul freedom means that every person has the inalienable right to deal with God without the imposition of creed, the interference of clergy, or the interference of civil government. Church freedom means that local churches like ours are free under the lordship of Christ to determine their membership, leadership, to order their worship and work, to ordain whom they perceive as gifted for ministry, male or female, and to participate in the larger body of Christ. Bible freedom, soul freedom, church freedom, and religious freedom. There is freedom of religion, freedom for religion, Freedom from religion. That Caesar is not Christ and Christ is not Caesar. This exists not only for Baptists, but for all people, even those who may choose not to have any faith affiliation at all. We are distinctively Baptists and gracefully God's family. And last, we are uniquely called to be the HRBC family as a local expression of the move of the Holy Spirit. We are a local expression of Pentecost. In 1958, some deacons at Bonaire Baptist Church, our mother church, sensed the call to plant a mission in the Woodmont and Old Gun areas of Chesterfield County. And six years later, their vision would be fulfilled. Listen to the first paragraph of the written history of HRBC authored by Eric Millirons. When the eleven huddled in the upper room after the crucifixion of Christ, they had no way of knowing that their small group would be the beginnings of a church that would grow in spirit and in size, 
passing the test of time, all for the glory of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. When Huguenot Road Baptist Chapel, then it was, held its first Sunday service on June 14, 1964, in a small rented home at 2829 Monteith Road, there were 51 in attendance. They had no way of knowing that this small group would lead to a church 55 years later that now has over 1,600 members and a facility that is wonderful that would aid in presenting Jesus, the Son of God, through Christian love and concern to their neighbors. The history continues. This is the story of that journey, one with high points and low points, one with tears of joy and tears of sadness, and one filled with the blessings that the church has gained and shared. So thank you, HRBC. Thank you for those who have come before us. May all who come behind us find us faithful. This is a special place to be. It is a beautiful day at Huguenot Road Baptist Church. Just as there is only one version of each of one of us, there is only one version of Huguenot Road Baptist Church. Sure, there are other churches that might worship in a similar fashion. There may be others who have similar ministries and mission. There still yet may be others with the beautiful colonial brick and a, a steeple that aspires toward the heavens. But there is only one HRBC. We are collaborative. We are ecumenical. We are intergenerational. We are missional. We are merciful. We seek to help people connect with God and others. We seek to help people grow into spiritual maturity. We seek to help people experience transformation in their lives and in their circles of influence. And all of that is because we have been called children of God. Co-heirs with Christ. Adopted into the family of God by His grace and through the blood of His Son. The Father has loved us so much the Father has loved us so much that we are called children of God and we really are His children. I'd like to close with a prayer for each of you, each of us. And this prayer is the same prayer that Paul the Apostle prayed for the believers at Ephesus. Would you bow with me? For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Son in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, HRBC, that you would have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that His love for you surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure 
of all the fullness of God. And HRBC, be reminded now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can all ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And all of the people here at HRBC joined and said, Amen. Thanks be to God.